0: Here comes the pain!
1: Hi folks, welcome to Who Booked This Podcast. We have everything literary within the world of wrestling. This is the crown jewel of wrestling dedicated to women's wrestling all over this great earth.
0: Detroit, Canada. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! Hello, ladies and
1: gentlemen, this is the It's Time to Fight podcast, and I am not just an award-winning ring announcer. I am not just a ring of honor meet and greet host. I am not just a buddy to David Arquette. I am the host of It's Time to Fight podcast. I am Matthew Terry. Thank you so much. For clicking on that play button, I appreciate every click that that play button gets. And as I keep saying, we got many, many, many play buttons that you can push. We are on Podbean, we are on iTunes, we are on Spotify, but most of all, we are at timetofight.ca. You can go to timetofight.ca and you can listen to any and all. Episodes of this incarnation of It's Time to Fight Podcast. You can go back right to the beginning. You can listen to Matt Grant. You can go back to last week and listen to Al Snow. You can go back and listen to Angelina Love. You can go back and listen to Congo Kong. You can go back and listen to Portia Perez. They're all there. Time to fight.ca. Go over there and visit and listen to all the selections from It's Time to Fight Podcast. <laughs> Here comes the paint! So, of course, I was just kidding. I am not buddies with David Arquette. However, uh, a lot of people asked me, um, you know, about David Arquette. Of course, I did the Alpha One show this past Sunday. David Arquette wrestled all Ego Ethan Page. And a lot of people have been asking me about David Arquette. And David Arquette, nice guy. Has no, no, no attitude whatsoever. No, he's not standoffish in the least. Uh, it was it was great to meet him. The the small time that I did get to uh, to actually converse with him. Of course, as a ring announcer, I have to be at the show or I have to be on the floor, essentially at all times. Especially because I do the pre-show, and then I or the pre-show meet and greet, which in this case it was with David Arquette, and then I do the first half of the show. And then I do the intermission with David Arquette. And then I do the second half of the show. Um, there was such a crowd waiting to see David Arquette that I didn't get a chance to talk to David Arquette or to converse with David Arquette. Um, and before the show, all I got to do really was just talk to him for like two seconds. Like, hey, where do you want to hail from? How do you want me to introduce you? Things like that. Um, but what I did get to to, to talk to him, uh, the little bit I did, he was a nice guy. But... Over and above the things I saw him do for other people unsolicited, like, um, so, uh, one of the wrestlers said, uh, you know, asked him for a picture and he obliged, and um, he said, you know, my sister's going to is going to lose her mind because Scream is her absolute favorite movie, and David Arquette just casually asked, oh, what's your sister's name? And so he said his sister's name, like, oh, that's cool. Uh, A few minutes later, uh, David Arquette came over with uh, these stickers that he had autographed, and he's like, oh, sorry, you know, I couldn't find anything more, but here, this is for your sister. And that's just the type of thing, like, unsolicited, he was doing all these things for people. Uh, I didn't see it myself, but from what I hear, he was buying people beer for spilling them when uh, him and Ethan Page went out on the, uh, you know, when it were wrestling around the building. And I, I, I openly admit, I was very impressed with David Arquette in the ring. I was very impressed with David Arquette in the ring. Um, but every, every, I, I, I kind of regret the fact I, I thought David Arquette would have an attitude. So I didn't even I didn't even send a feeler out to see if he'd be interested on, on talking at in any length on the podcast. And he was so bombarded. Like, before the show, people were walking up. um, During his meet and greets, there was such a huge line of people who wanted to meet David Arquette. Um, And, you know, at intermission, same thing. And after the show, he was so bombarded with people. And, you know, a lot of people were starting to see... Or not not see, because he did not show frustration at all, at least as far as I saw. But people saw how bombarded he was. They were like, sorry, can can we take another... Can we take a picture? Like, I know everybody's asking for pictures. Can we take... And he obliged everybody. And, you know, it it did kind of get to the point where I didn't want to walk up to him like, hey, you know, can you give me a soundbite? Or can we talk for five minutes for my podcast? You know, because the guy... I, I truly believe that the the reason he's doing this is because he loves wrestling and he loves the fact that he is now involved with wrestling. And I just, I think he wants to at, at just sometimes I just think he wants to sit back and just take it in and enjoy what's going on around him and get like, you know, damn, I'm, I'm, I'm involved with wrestling and you know what? Um, everybody's talks about how he's doing it for publicity and he's doing it for money and he's doing it for whatever. No, he, you can tell he loves this and he's doing it cause he loves it. And you know, it's, it's, it's not publicity. And it was very nice to meet him. Unfortunately, no, I am not b- buddies with David Arquette. Um, and unfortunately, no, I didn't get a chance. I'm sorry. I didn't get a chance to, to, to talk to him on the podcast, so I'm sorry, everybody. I'll try to do better next time. Maybe right. Well,
0: here comes the pain.
1: All right. So something I want to address, and I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of skim through it again because I do go a little long with, uh, with Nikki Payne, and um, I, I don't want to make this podcast like two gym visits. Um, the, everybody's debating and usually I don't, I don't get into what the big debate is in the internet wrestling community, but I, I, I just want to talk briefly about this. Everybody's debating about AEW versus WWE. Now let me preface by saying I loved uh, double or nothing. And this past week, um, AEW all elite wrestling, they won the past seven days. You look at wrestling in the past seven days, all elite wrestling won to me. However, everybody's talking about how perfect Double or Nothing was. That a Double or Nothing was a perfect show from top to bottom. Um, I disagree. And if people say, oh, well, you know, you don't like the, the throne being destroyed. Like, they were just making a joke. Get over it. Even if that's your problem, it was still a perfect show. Not to me, it wasn't. The Battle Royal in the pre-show, the... the Five and then the five and then the five and then the five and then the wild card was just too gimmicky to me. That was too, you know, just I don't know. It was just too gimmicky to me. And the fact that a number one contender's spot, or I guess the co-number one contender's spot, was being contested on the pre-show, and I said that, and someone said, "Oh well, that that just makes the pre-show mean something." Yeah well the internet wrestling community Complains when a match gets Moved to the WWE pre-show You know cruiserweight title match On the pre-show and everyone's like oh How dare they do that So I I didn't appreciate That uh 10 people in the First two matches that that was just Too much and you know that's forgetting that there was 23 involved in the pre-show And even in the first two Matches there were 10 wrestlers that's A little too much to digest for me Um I wasn't a fan of the second ring announcer. Um, just I'm nothing against him. I have more against Justin Roberts, uh, but that's that's old news. That's I, re- I referenced him in a in a tweet a few years ago, and he took a shot at me for absolutely no reason. So that I don't like Justin Roberts. Um, the commentary got drowned out a couple times. That that's a production issue, and something else that is actually a production issue. Um. is um. Bret Hart. I said that he looked awkward. And people are like, well, the guy's had a stroke. He's not as young as he used to be. No, that's not what I was talking about. When I, I said Bret Hart looked awkward. When Bret Hart comes out for the WWE, he comes out of the entrance, he walks down the ramp, and he gets in the ring. If you watch what WWE does is if he starts having trouble coming down that ramp, they'll go to a crowd shot. Or they'll go to um, to a, like a, a pre-recorded video. I, I, I want you to go back, and I want you to see. To go back to however long you want to go back and see if you can find video of Bret Hart actually going up the stairs in, on a WWE show. I don't think you'll find it. I did a little checking myself. I couldn't find it. Because WWE knows Bret Hart's limitations. They know he doesn't go up and down stairs very well anymore. You know, sometimes he has a problem with the ramp, things like that. And they know, let's go to a crowd shot. Let's go to a pre recorded video. Let's go to, uh, you know, uh, SummerSlam is brought to you by Snickers Bar or whatever the, the, the sponsor might be. And they put the logo up. And then when you come back, Bret Hart's in the ring. It's because. They know Bret Hart's limitations and just that was a big thing to me. That was a big thing that uh, Bret Hart looked awkward and that they didn't uh, they didn't. And again, these are all growing pains. And again, I think AEW won this week. I truly believe that. And um, that, that people are just talking about how perfect this show was. And again, I'm I am so hopeful that uh, AEW sur- uh, survives and strives. But um, you know, I just I, I guess I kind of take exception that everybody says that this is you know the be all to end all, and this is going to be like the second coming for professional wrestling. Well, here comes the pain. <laughs> all right, so let me uh, set the set the mood. Set the scene, set the mood. I want to set the mood. Yes, I want to set the mood. Um, Nikki Payne is on the show today, and this interview, I and I even feel funny calling it that. This conversation that I have with Nikki Payne, it exemplifies perfectly um, how I want this podcast to be, and it's very casual, and it's 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 not interview. It's not. It's it doesn't follow the parameters of a media interview i know a couple of, of the episodes have come out that way just out of necessity but i i i loved this interview for for a couple reasons number one i'm a huge ass fan of Nikki Payne, and quickly uh i just i i sent out a message to hey by chance are you a wrestling fan yes i am well and that that's what kind of if, if I saw Nikki Payne, that's, that's this is how I want to set the mood with you guys. If I saw Nikki Payne sitting in a restaurant, I would walk up and I'd say, God damn it, you're Nikki Payne. And she'd t- yes. And I'd say, just somehow the conversation would get around to, hey, you know what? Uh, I I have a wrestling podcast. Want to talk about wrestling? And she said she was a wrestling fan. And so we talked about wrestling. And it's just two people sitting there talking about wrestling and it was, I, I loved it. I loved it from beginning to end, not just because I'm a huge ass fan of Nikki Payne, but just two people just sitting there talking, Hey, do you remember this? Hey, what about this? And just, st- and just amazing, amazing. I'm not going to tell you, Of course, I never do. I never preface by saying, Oh, you know, we talk about this, we talk about this, but that this is my conversation with, uh, with Nikki Payne and it's absolutely perfect. Um, before we get to uh, to the actual interview, um, I, I, I wanted to tell a quick story. And it's a wrestling-related story. As I said, Nikki Payne is one of, if not my absolute favorite comedians. If you do not know who Nikki Payne is, go figure it out. Go find her on YouTube. Go find stuff on Nikki Payne. She is freaking hilarious. What are you waiting for? Um. She, her and Deborah Giovanni, who is my wife's favorite comedian, were headlining a uh, comedy festival in Brantford. And as a surprise, I got tickets for my wife and I got great seats and I was ready to, to surprise her. And we were going to go out on a date and one of the last dates that we were going to have before Prince Isaac showed up. But uh, we were going to go on a date and it was going to be great. And one day we were driving and she said, by the way, I figured out what I'm going to wear on such and such a date. And I looked at her and I thought I didn't tell her about the comedy festival. What, 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 how, what is she talking about dressed up? And I said, why? What's on that date? And she said. Rip impacts wedding. That, that now I'm paraphrasing, but she's Rip impacts wedding now if you don't know who Rip Impact is he's a wrestler from the Ontario scene a very solid wrestler again if you don't know who Rip Impact is look up his stuff damn good wrestler damn good friend of mine too and his and his beautiful wife I love her too so this was a wedding that I knew I had to go to but it was on the same date as the Brantford Comedy Festival which as I said Nikki Payne and Deborah Giovanni were headlining And so I gave away the tickets and uh, I spent Rip Impact's wedding getting uh, text message after text message after text message from the people that I gave the tickets away to say, well, these are great seats. Oh, this comedian's wonderful. This and they were just, you know, messing with me. But, um, yeah. So I I, I still have never seen Nikki Payne in person. And one of these days uh, I'm going to check that off of the list. Uh, I, I, uh, I absolutely loved it. I love this interview. I hope you guys love this interview. It is a bit of a long one, so maybe hop on the treadmill or, you know, take a walk or, you know, take a long drive. You know, if you're going to visit the in-laws and it's going to be a couple hours, this might be a good interview to turn on and enjoy. Hope you enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my talk with uh, Nikki Payne.
0: Well, here comes the pain.
1: Hello. Hello, Miss Payne. How are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Oh, my God. I don't care who knows it. I am so freaking excited to be talking to you. (laughs) Oh,
2: thank you.
1: I am such a huge goddamn fan of yours.
2: Oh, wow. Thanks.
1: (laughs) And... I, I, I don't even know what to say I am so baffled I have the last 10 minutes I've been like, oh my God, oh my God oh my God
2: <laughs> ah, well
1: <laughs> so well
2: the last uh, the last uh, half hour or so I've been uh, I've been looking up uh, some wrestling stuff just to jog my memory from when I was a kid the things that I liked
1: so are are you not into like the the recent product or
2: um. It's just—it's not that I'm not into the recent product. It's just I was really into it when I was a when I was a kid.
1: When you were a kid, so you yeah, were, like you, in you the
2: trailer park that I grew up in, like like I was just surrounded by it. Like uh, uh, in the trailer park I grew up in, the boys behind us, like our backyards were like adjacent. Okay, they had built like a wrestling ring in the backyard, and like every weekend they were out there like full on wrestling in like a wrestling ring they had built.
1: Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking like early backyard wrestling stuff.
2: Eighties. It- yes. It was the eighties.
1: Oh, okay. So Yeah, it uh, was
2: the nineteen eighties. They were yeah, these dudes like every weekend were full on out uh, wrestling. Like I think of it by today's standards and it's like it's so dangerous. <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, like, why none of the parents were like, "Yeah, maybe we should be monitoring this." (laughs) Well, but no, nothing, and full on like these like, like I'd love to know where they are now, (laughs) like because like they like were doing full on, like they figured out all the moves, like they were jumping off the top, the top rope, and like they were doing like. They were doing everything, and like nobody got seriously hurt ever.
1: Well, in, in kind of the same vein, now you and I are just about the same age. There's only a year apart, but okay. In when where I grew up, we had an in-ground pool, and we used to wrestle in the in-ground pool. And to the vein that you're talking about, like, well, should not should someone not be kind of looking in on this or monitoring this? We you yeah. still had to pin the guy. But you had to pin them underwater. So oh my gosh. that's drowning. Like, <laughs>
2: that's drowning. That's no longer wrestling. That's drowning.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the rule was I think we were like 10, 11 years old, whatever it was. And the rule was you had to completely submerge your opponent under the water for three seconds. So, so you got to get all these arms and legs and what have you. And and get them under the water. Now that's drowning. That's <laughs> that's as, horrifying. I know, I know. And and out of as a forty year old now, I'm kind of like, well, damn. Like I I could have been like, you know, <laughs> I could have been a murderer. Like,
2: yeah, something really horrible could have happened, but it didn't. No, uh,
1: no, it didn't. Most
2: times it doesn't. Like there must be some even in a dumb kid's brain there has to be something in there like some level of common sense it's like okay you know now it's murder so i should let go
1: (laughs) well about a year ago i was talking to one of my old friends and somehow the wrestling came up and that's where we kind of realized the whole like uh we were actually drowning each other and I, I said to someone or someone said to me, like, well, we must have had some kind of, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm drowning here or some kind of safe word or safe signal or something. I'm like, no, I don't think we did. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't think we had any kind of, of, you know. And
2: what would a safe word do for you underwater anyway?
1: <laughs> well, that, that yeah, it wasn't exactly a safe word, but, you know, kind of like. <laughs> a, a, a...
2: <laughs> Yeah,
1: exactly. No, I I don't think he said it. I think I think that was something totally different. <laughs> I think that was push well, harder. these
2: guys, these guys did, like like their backyard was, you know, basically backing onto our backyard. Uh, they were teenagers, like they were like I recall them being like teenagers to like young adults that were doing this. Like it wasn't like they weren't little kids. Yeah. And, like, like, built a full-on, like, for real ring.
0: Yeah. So, so they look. were,
2: like, big enough and, and skilled enough that they actually built, like, a wrestling ring. And uh, and, and would do this stuff. And, and and nobody ever really got, like, there was never an ambulance called or or anything like that. And uh, you know, like I'm sure there were like minor injuries, and, and again, I'd love to know now because now they would be in their like fifties, like late fifties, I guess. <laughs> like you know, it's like I'd love to know what the arthritis is like.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, so they made this like half decent ring. So, and-
2: half decent ring, and they were half decent wrestlers. Okay. Like, like by the time, like. You know, like, yes, there's tons of questions. It's like, why weren't they out with girls? Why were (laughs) they not? There's tons of like social questions and all of this, like, you know, but, but that aside, just watching it, like, they were fairly decent wrestlers by the time, like, after a few years of this, they were like fairly entertaining to watch. Not just on a like, laugh at the weird kids in the backyard kind of entertainment like like they actually had a certain level of skill
1: well were they were they because legitimately you grew up in a in a trailer park
2: i legit grew up in a trailer park so the backyards like would be you know like they lived on one street i lived on another but our backyards would touch
1: so were they were like I I would guess, being in such close proximity, they were well-known among the the residents. Were they, like, drawing in crowds, or...?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah, they drew a lot of crowds of little kids. Oh, okay. Right? A a lot of crowd of little kids. And and I have to say, in their defense, they were all, like, really, like... Like, the little kids weren't allowed to... Like, none of us were allowed really close to the ring. Like, like... They did have some level of, like, hey, we want to keep this going, and if one of you little kids gets hurt, they're going to take down our ring. Like, like there was some level of, like, that. Like, it, you know, they were, like, so, like, the little kids had to, like, be sort of on the outskirts of their backyard that was spanked. So there'd be, like, little kids in my backyard. There'd be little kids on the, in the yard on, like, the side. Okay. That's where the audience. (laughs) But as far as the adults went, like, honestly, I, you know, we were loved and cared for, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, we were given food, we were given shelter. Yeah. But beyond that, life in the trailer park in the 80s was, was, we were free range children.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) You know, so yeah, I don't recall, like other than my dad maybe popping out for a little bit to watch, right? (laughs) Yeah. I don't recall, I don't recall much, many adults being around, period. Well,
1: there must have been a- Through my
2: whole childhood.
1: There must have been a certain- There must have been a certain degree of support from their parents having a wrestling ring. Because I'm assuming that the backyard of a trailer is not very big. So a ring would probably take up quite a bit of it. So there must have been some... Unless, of course, the father's like, well, I don't have to mow the shit.
2: (laughs) Well, here's the thing. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The guy that had it built in the backyard didn't have parents.
1: Oh, okay. now this is taking a whole other turn.
2: Yeah, he and, I know he had sisters, I think, there was something going on. Okay. Uh, yeah, there was something going on. There were no parents in that trailer. I, I know that. Like, I don't know. Again, I don't know if there was, like, a death or what. right? Okay. And he was slightly older. Him and his sisters were – his sisters were definitely older because they were, like, my brother's age, right? So they were, like, adults. Okay. Right? Like, young adults. And he was slightly younger. So I think it was a situation where maybe <laughs> – I'm bringing, I'm bringing this down now, making it shag, but, <laughs> but I think there was something where, like, I, I think maybe the mom and dad – either died or weren't around, and his sisters might have been, like, the, the sort of...
1: The guardians. The ones
2: kind of guardian. Yeah. So there wasn't... Like, so there, I don't think there was a parent saying, no, you can't build that in the backyard, right? Okay. But there were parents on either side, and there were parents of the boys that would come you know, and, and do this, right? Yeah. Like, there was a ton of them, right? And ghost parents, like, all the parents were in the neighborhood were aware that this thing existed. Like, you know, it wasn't like it was a secret that, yeah. it, you know, that this existed in his backyard. Everybody was aware of it. I don't know if they were like, well, they're not getting into drugs, so I guess if they want to chuck each other around in a <laughs> ring all afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> It's kind of like a, you know, like, it's a sport. Like, it it is. It's not kind of. It's a sport.
1: It is is. is definitely a sport.
2: You know, like, you know, yes, (laughs) I admit thoroughly, there were dodgy elements to this ring. Like, very dodgy elements. But, yeah, they were doing an athletic, you know, they were, you know, they were involved in athletics. Yes. Everybody knew about it. They weren't getting in any trouble. Like I mean there are worse <laughs> I know that there's no idea what to this, but there yes. are way worse things that uh, teenage boys could be getting into, you know, over the summer, you know, bang thing wrestling and a ring in the backyard.
1: For sure. That, that was For a, sure, right? Yeah, for like, sure. you
2: know. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, you know, and Holy smokes! Like without without a coach, without anything, right? Yeah, they were doing like backflips, like like that's gymnastics.
1: Yeah, no that. Uh... Like
2: there's elements of gymnastics. There's elements of you know wrestling, obviously. Uh-huh. But like there, there's like you know, and there's like you know, there's elements of like you have to like your strategy in in wrestling as well, like. There's elements of strategy to it that are almost like chess-like. And, uh, and these young men, you know, these young boys, were figuring all that out on their own.
1: So, hey, in comparison, I was drowning people, so...
2: You were drowning people! <laughs> in your lovely, privileged pool, you... Know?
1: Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs>
2: And and not around on you, didn't I? Yes. No, yes, but yes. Yeah, absolutely. There <laughs> are like, as an adult, I have so many questions about yeah. what was going on back there, right? But also, on the other hand, it's like, well, they didn't hurt anybody, and they were doing something mm. like.
1: Who knows? Maybe they got. Know? I I ended up getting into wrestling. Maybe they ended up getting into wrestling.
2: Yeah, I mean, like you know, like none of them, none of them were considered the bad kids in the neighborhood. Yeah, like. None of them had a rep for, like, oh, that one's, that one's going to do time for sure. Like, none of them had that. Like, you know, my assumption is they all went on to, you know, graduate school and, and get jobs, like, and, and be, you know, functioning members of society. My all right? Th- I have no reason to believe that none of them, you know, that any of them, you know, I, none of them became professional wrestlers. I know that. Oh, okay. That would blow my mind if that (laughs) happened.
1: (laughs) You'd be contacted, but but I have
2: no reason to believe that they became, you know, you know. It kept them kept them busy. Yeah, I, you know,
1: you're just you're just wondering how their bodies are holding up now.
2: I'm more concerned about yeah. I'm more concerned about like you know. But who knows? Maybe they're really healthy. Like you know,
1: maybe from keeping active.
2: Yeah. You know, I don't know if they kept up with you know mm-hmm. an active lifestyle afterwards. They were, they were sure as hell in shape when last time I saw them.
1: <laughs> All right. So is it was this like how old are you while they're doing this?
2: I'm little, so I'm like I'm seven, okay. maybe six, seven, right? Okay. So we're talking like.
0: Early 80s. Yeah.
2: Early, yeah. And uh, so I'm one of the little ones. I'm definitely not anybody they are noticing. I'm just, you know, <laughs> one of the little squirts standing around watching them, right? But they would be younger than my brother. Okay. And my brother's 10 years older than me. So they would be, you know, I would say under sixteen. So this... Except for the dude that was sort of running it because he was more my brother's age. So he was kind of older than them. Okay. Um, so he would have been more like 17, 16, 17.
1: He was the and, promoter. But like, they
2: would have been more like 15, 14,
1: 13. Yeah. So yeah. obviously, this is your first exposure to wrestling.
2: This was my first exposure. This is before, like, like I mean, there was Saturdays watching, you know, WWF. Um, before I had to change it, f. Um, but uh, there was that, but my early memories are I believe I was watching these guys before I was watching before I was watching wrestling on TV. though, oh no, wait. Oh no, I have a very interesting story for you.
1: okay. well. sweet
2: Daddy Shiki lived in a trailer park that I lived in. He did for a short period of time, okay. Do you know who Sweet Daddy Sheeky uh, is? Yes,
1: I do. You and I are the same age, yeah. so it's I. I I'm right yeah. there with you.
2: <laughs> uh, Sweet Daddy Sheiki and I believe the wrestler. His name was was it the Iron Sheik?
1: The Iron Sheik, yeah.
2: Yeah, they both uh for a short period of time lived in my trailer park. They did. Yes, and I've talked to Sweet Daddy Sheiki about this. When I lived in Toronto, he was running um like a karaoke uh, after a stand-up comedy show, that he, an open mic that they used to do.
0: Okay. And
2: I kick-chatted with them, and I was like, do you remember being in Shackville State's park for, like, maybe, like, it, you know, in my mind, he lived there, but they could have been just staying there for a couple weekends while they were on tour, right, mm-hmm. with somebody that they knew, right? Yeah. But we would not stop following them. Like, we were on our bicycles, you know, driving past the trailer that they were. (laughs) We were, we, oh, yeah, like the kids in the neighborhood totally, totally stalked them for the the time that they were staying there. But but he remembered it. Yeah. 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 So there's that, too, because they wrestled in, oh, what was that? Because that would have been my first experience with wrestling on TV. That would have been before WWF.
1: Okay. So, I hope I'm
2: not boring your. No, no, you, no, no, no. Your no. listeners are like full-on wrestling fans, and I'm like just bringing up memories. Of-
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. My my listeners are they're they're hardcore wrestling fans, and they uh, they 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 live off of like information and things like that. So this is just like little nuggets that they're like, oh, Nikki Payne used to they used to live in a trailer park, and Sweet Daddy Seeky and the Iron Sheik were there, and. So this yeah, is... they
2: stayed in a place over on Brook Street. And uh, uh, yeah, because um, there was, because um, back then there was like regional wrestling, which is starting to happen again, too, because I bumped in at the airport to the lady that uh, runs sort of the, the maritime uh, end of uh, innovative hybrid wrestling.
1: Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, um, but anyway, I'll get back to that. Um, Oh, I made sure. I made sure that I had stuff to talk to you about. I was like, I'm not going to be like a dumbass <laughs> just standing here and not having anything to talk about. I was like, I, 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 am jogging my memory as best I could this morning to make sure. But yeah, it was, um, it was uh, like back back in the day. It was sort of regional, and the Maritimes would have had their uh, their wrestling circuit, but then like out west would have had their wrestling circuit. Oh, I wish my dad was sitting here right now. He would tell me the name of what the, maritime, uh, what the Maritime Wrestling Circuit was called. But they would come on TV on, like, Saturdays or Sundays. And there was, like, Sweet Daddy Seeky. There was The Claw. The Claw. Oh. The Claw,
1: The Claw, yeah, The Claw. The Claw.
2: My brother used to always do that to me. Like when I when he was babysitting me and I wouldn't go to bed. He would go, <laughs> Oh,
1: um Baron von Raschke! Oh.
2: <sighs> oh dang him. I wish oh I should have brought my brother. I should have told him to come down and sit here with me. Killer Carl killer Carl
1: Krupp. Oh okay, 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 okay. Killer
2: okay. Carl Krupp dig the claw. Yes. Yes. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, so I'm trying to think. I'm going Gr- to – do you it, know – you don't know it, do you? What's um, the name of our
1: – I keep thinking of Grand Prix, but Grand Prix – Grand
2: Prix, that's it. Grand, Is it Prix Grand Prix Wrestling, that was it.
1: I didn't think Grand yes. Prix went back Grand that Prix far. Grand
2: Prix Wrestling would come on, I believe, on Sundays on, like, Shaw Cable. Okay and it was basically just recorded with like literally like a video camera yes and uh, and yeah so that was my first uh, that was between that and the backyard wrestling those were my two interactions to uh, to um, to wrestling and okay. yes and my brother used to constantly chase me to my room pretending to be killer Carl Krupp
1: oh, okay see I just didn't think yeah. Grand Prix went back that far now that I think about it, I actually think that they went back to the 70s. Now that I think about they,
2: it, they probably did, yeah, because my dad watched Grim Free Wrestling, uh, and it was like not even like, yeah, like it was like our, like when you had, uh, when you had, um, oh yeah, I'm seeing a video right now, of killer Carl Krupp, <laughs> 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 <The claw>! like <laughs> The theater involved, like, it's amazing. (laughs) It was so good. Um, But, uh, yeah, um, so those were my two, uh, that's what I originally would have grown up seeing, like, and very, very young seeing those things. And then, of course, you know, then, then we have, like, the golden age of the WWF, and so every... You know, every, that was part of my Saturday morning, you know, which I'm sure was probably yours too before you went out drowning your friends.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. Well, my mine was um, mine. See, that that's it's kind of a hazy, um, a, a hazy. Like, because people ask me all the time, well, what what drew, drew you into wrestling? And I don't right. remember if I found wrestling because my my parents were not wrestling fans. My brother was not a wrestling fan, so. A buddy of mine, I know I used to watch wrestling with him. So I said to him, because I'm from a small town, I'm from a rural area. And I uh-huh. said I said to him one time, I said, well, you must have introduced me to wrestling. And he insists that I introduced him. So mm. I I don't know if just one day I found it on the TV or I, I swear I must have been over it because his brothers were wrestling fans. So that's why I say, well, right. it must have been you. And no, he just uh, anyway. I'm not going to get into the whole but argument. You with
2: were the one that probably brought it to them.
1: That's what that's what he said. And saying.
2: then they got really into it, and so now you just assume that because they got really into it. They...
1: Yeah. So I don't know if I found it on TV or something, and um, I never got the chance. Uh, my mom passed away several years ago. I never got the chance to say, hey, how did I get into wrestling? And my father, who right. is, is still around, but he he's a he was a traveler, he was a, a truck driver, so and right. this is not a sob story or anything. He just wasn't around, so he doesn't know how I got yeah. into things. So yeah. I I and yeah, I never got the chance to ask my mom like how did I get into wrestling. But you know, my mom used to tell stories about how. Uh, oh, I remember I was watching a commercial one time, and Hulk Hogan. And Paul Orndorff were feuding, and they were like blood feud type thing. And a commercial came on TV, um, and Paul Orndorff was promoting Hulk Hogan's workout set. And, and I'm looking at this, and I said, why is Paul Orndorff someone who hates him? Like, I don't know how old I am at this point. And I'm just like, why is this guy who hates Hulk Hogan, you know, selling his, his workout set? And my mom goes, well, they used to be friends until Paul Orndorff uh, turned on Hulk Hogan. And I remember looking at my mom and going, how did you know that? (laughs) Because my mom knew nothing about wrestling. And she said, well, I read one of your magazines because my mom was one of those parents that she watched me from a distance. That every once in a while she'd pop her head in, see what I was watching on TV Every once in a while, she pick up one of my wrestling magazines and read it to, see, like, you know, what's what's he reading and stuff like that. But, yeah, but she was actually reading, and she got – so she did have some knowledge.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, I think that might have been 80s parenting in general. Like, like, popping her head in. Okay, no one's bleeding. What are they into? Like, having an idea, but kind of – I don't know, kind of being arm's length. Like, yes.
1: Like, and, and, and like kind of veering off of wrestling, like my, my father, or no, sorry, not my father. Um, am I, okay, I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus. Someone had, uh, some dirty books and me and my friends had found the dirty books and you know, like we found the dirty books and then we hid the dirty books, but little did I know my mom knew that we had found the dirty books. She just didn't say anything, like you know. It's, of course. Okay, like they found the dirty books. Their little boys, or not little boys. We were like, you know, ten or eleven, whatever. Like, okay, they found the dirty books. No big deal. It's you know, but again, that arm's length. She didn't say anything to us because okay, there's nothing really wrong with it. If he has questions, he'll hopefully he'll come ask me about them. But You're right. Yeah, but, yeah, you're talking about arm's length and just like, okay, they're fine. My wife, and I try to do that with my son. My son is three years old, and I'm kind of, right. okay, like, you know, let's let's see how he does here. My wife, on the other hand, is totally the opposite. And she's very protective, and she's, oh, don't do that. Oh, don't do No, no, stay away from that. So like, yeah. <laughs> Although, my father, who has a farm now, uh, when we go to visit him, she will actually kind of defer to me because that's the environment that I grew up in. Right. So she she'll let me take him out on the four-wheeler or she'll let me take him out on the zip line and stuff like that. And she, uh, so I'll give her credit in that aspect. This is the first time I've ever given her credit for that on the podcast, so I wanted to get that out.
2: There you go. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to wrestling. Okay, you bring it back to wrestling. Do I'm sorry. We're beering out.
1: Do I remember? That? I uh, you bring it back to wrestling. That's supposed to be my job, but you do that. <laughs>
2: i remember going to bring it back to wrestling. Do you remember the, uh, 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 the uh, WrestleMania four, uh wrestling stickers that were in the bags of hostess chips?
1: Yes, I do. Do you have a story and about there them? There was or?
2: a contest. There was a contest. The, there and was a contest, won,
1: but what was the contest?
2: The contest was... Uh, and the only reason why I'm remembering all this is I literally refreshed my memory Like a good hour <laughs> before you called me back The
0: okay. only
2: reason why I know all of that Okay The, the, the contest was you, uh, you got to be an honorary manager At Wrestlemania
1: 4 Really?
2: Yeah, but I don't recall Like ever hearing who was your winner
1: No, and now I'm I'm thinking about Wrestlemania 4 And whence Like maybe they obviously they probably didn't draw attention to it if there was a winner. But I'm trying to think. I yeah I but I don't even remember. Like I remember there was a contest and wasn't it that you had to fill the sheet or something? There was like a poster. There was a poster. Yeah, you probably had to get like you probably
2: had to get like every uh every sticker. Every sticker, yeah. I'm trying Yeah, I think you had to get, like, every sticker. And then there was always, like, one sticker. Like, I think it was... Oh, who was it? They, like, I actually think it was the Rowdy, Roddy Piper one that you just kept getting.
1: Yeah. I, Which is
2: an odd one, because he was, like, one of the really popular guys. You'd think, like, he wouldn't be, like... But, yeah, that one just, like, was repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, they want to put those popular ones out there because they want people to... Although, yeah, I guess they want people to keep looking for them. Yeah. So, but yeah, I remember my mom, um, I, I'm thinking, I, I don't know if, it, um, because my father was a truck driver and my mom, um, uh, you know, she had a, a social life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a weird way to say, um, it's just after my dad left, um, I never fault like I became a latchkey kid, but I don't say that again. I'm not looking for a sob story. I was just a latchkey kid. And well, you had
2: a key, around You had a you had a key, and you had to let yourself in after school.
1: Well, actually, I wasn't literally a latchkey kid because, as I said, I lived in, in a rural area. Nobody locked their doors, so I just came home. <laughs> you just came home. But my mom was was heavily involved with the Royal Canadian Legion and okay. she would go down there for whatever function whether it was a lace auxiliary or darts or cribbage or whatever it was and she'd come home because I was the wrestling fan the big wrestling fan in town so everybody would be buying these bags of chips at the legion and they'd be throwing the stickers at my mom except my mom of course again she's like well I know he already has this I already knows he has this so I'm taking him to school and I'm like you know giving them out to all my friends but you would think with that kind of supply, that I and I I didn't even come close. But I, I I I couldn't I wouldn't be able to tell you what the contest was. You reminded me of that. But yeah, I remember my mom coming home and I'd wake up the next morning and there'd be like a small pile of stickers. And yeah,
2: like if you have like the whole community supplying you with stickers, then there's some kind of like I don't want to like you know accuse anybody. <laughs> But I don't know who won that contest, and there were a lot of doubles.
1: Yes, there was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember, I think my favorite one, because I was, I was really big into them, was the British Bulldogs. I think that was my okay, favorite yeah. one. yeah. I think I would keep all my British Bulldogs, and I was putting them up, like, all over the place. I, so I, I, was a, I was a Hulkamaniac, but I think I, I went from Hulkamaniac to, like, the British Bulldogs. And right. I don't think there was any real, like, I, I was never really a Piper. I was never a Savage. I was never anything like that. I went from Hogan to the British Bulldogs. Right. So, because everybody else, because I'll admit, I was one of those people who, I I, ref, I I was really late to the game on, like, it's not fake. It's not, it, it's real. And so I was scared to death of Jake Roberts, and I was scared to death of Randy Savage. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, who who are some of the other ones that you remember? Um,
2: I remember. I, well, I loved uh, uh Ricky the Dragon
1: Steamboat. Oh, that that yes, that was another one.
2: Because he like, a showman, like he was a full on showman. And uh, I'm starting to like because I know we're talking mostly about like the really early guys. Of course, I loved Andre the Giant. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, he was like he was a movie star and everything. Like he was just he's he's such a part of like you know, nineteen eighties pop culture.
0: Yeah. Right.
2: So I mean, so he was like, you know, so of course it was him. And then I'm starting to think, cause like I didn't watch it as regularly as it as it kinda went on, but it's still it was still like a Saturday morning thing for me. Like even up through like my teenager years like i'm like i'm by no means like the kind of fan you were but it was still part of like yeah saturday i sit in my jammies and you know and watch wrestling on tv and uh i really enjoyed um oh, geez, what was his name the ultimate warrior
0: oh okay he was
2: older he like that was like later yes but that's like when i was like way more into like performing i started to become you know, a drama nerd at that point, right? So I really liked the guys that were, like, that were just so into their character. Like, that it was
0: ridiculous, right?
2: Like, and the ultimate warrior was, like, the ultimate showman, too. Like, he was so, like, committed to whatever the heck he was. (laughs)
1: Well, yeah. Because
2: it wasn't, you paint it, like, in, like, Kind
1: of yellow and purple. All, he he had like all kinds of different uh, different variations of the paint, but uh, yeah, it, it's I I think this might even be kind of a recent thing. Was that he was supposed to be, um, like a, a native warrior of some kind? Wow, I, I think that's what he was supposed to be was some kind of native warrior. I remember reading that somewhere. Now whether it's true or not, because. You know, oh well, it's on the internet, so it must be true. But I remember reading (laughs) that just recently that his character was supposed to be a native warrior of some kind.
2: I kinda get I kinda get maybe where he was going. I mean it's painfully racist like (laughs) version like Jesus. Mm. Nobody A he was obviously white. (laughs) (laughs) Like let's start there with the breakdown. <laughs> oh, what's wrong uh b i don't think anybody ever like yeah he yeah I don't think any of his painting was um accurate to any group of people in the world um wow okay
1: now for all that, i know for all I know it could have been total bulldog. yeah i
2: don't know no no i get that i can <laughs> I can totally see how. They were going there, and and honestly, like the WWF was not like
1: the most you po- know it correct.
2: It, it certainly it certainly wasn't the place you go for any kind of political correctness. And now, yes, I'm looking at him and oh man, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like an of Halloween costume, and he's blonde. He's totally blonde. Like there's no. Oh, Ultimate Warrior. Yes, no, I'm looking at him right now, and he's wearing turquoise. It's turquoise and pink. <laughs> Maybe I just really like his makeup. That might have been it.
1: That could have been totally it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I real. But just, I really like the guys that were, like, ridiculous. I loved the, um, I loved, most of the managers were amazing. Like, if I could be a wrestling manager, like... Oh, even an honorary one with stickers. Uh, that would be amazing. I love the, uh, oh, what was the guy with the, uh, walked around with the urn all the time. And, oh, and, Paul Bear. And Paul Bear was yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> like, so ridiculous. Like, from a performing standpoint, that guy was so committed. <laughs>
1: like, oh, yeah. Well, actually, he was—he was a real pallbearer. He actually worked in a in a funeral home. Oh my God. So, but but yeah, bringing that on to TV, yes, he—I'm sure he wasn't walking around his actual funeral home going, "Hello there." You know.
2: Oh, see, that's where I would want to be buried is at his funeral home with him being like that. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs>
1: But no, I, I I agree. Like the managers uh, were great. Like um, you know, being involved with wrestling, I've had the opportunity to to meet a lot of my my heroes. But uh, Jimmy Hart and uh, Captain Lou, who I never did get to meet, but he was he was one of my favorites was Captain Lou. If for nothing else, the fact that he had rubber bands hanging from his face. Yeah. I I don't know if you remember Captain Lou, but I remember he had like these. These rubber bands hanging from his face. And I was like, why? Why would you have rubber bands? And he was the craziest son of a bitch you'd ever want to meet. And, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I never got the chance to meet him. But, yeah. Aww. But I, I was, I even today, I'm more into the, into the over-the-top characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Cause like wrestlers, wrestling kind of got away from that It kind of got more reality based And as much as I I kept watching I think I kept watching because I was a wrestling fan But I still appreciate more The over the top people The, uh, yeah The ones that were just Yeah
2: <laughs> Yeah I'm, Yeah, I'm... I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of another really Politically incorrect one There was, um, there was a black wrestler one that used to wear, like, this white, very tribal kind of uh, makeup. And I forget his name. And I remember I was still kind of young enough, that he kind of frightened me because he was like, like, at least when Paul Barron came along, like, you know, I was older, right? I was easily scared as a child. I remember there was a couple of wrestlers that really, really, really frightened me.
1: I I think you might be talking Kamala. Yes. He used to come out with like the tribal mask, and he used to like you know slap his belly and everything.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I'm so, like, wow, they really were so. They were so wrong. Like I. So, the level of wrongness in the eighties period, but the level of wrongness in the WWF.
1: Oh yeah, there's there's so <laughs> many there's so many things then that would not fly now.
2: Oh my god, yeah! Like they, they just make you fully uncomfortable now. Oh Jesus! All... Oh my crap!
1: Although I uh in... oh, go ahead.
2: No, 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 no. Please. I was
1: I was just gonna say uh it it wasn't uh wasn't recent like it was uh. I don't know a couple of years maybe three years because Kamala has actually uh, you know he's run into health problems and uh, he's had to have his legs amputated oh uh, yeah um, but it wasn't that long ago that they brought Kamala out on TV as kind of like a, a retro thing and everybody just you know hey it's Kamala but you can do that with like retro things like okay you know they did they did it before it's just kind of a, a retread we're not doing it now yeah. <laughs>
2: Remember when we were like this? <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> remember when you used to cheer for this guy?
2: <laughs> remember when Remember when all of this was okay <laughs>
1: so, Another thing I love is you look at some of the like you look at some of the wrestlers from then. And now in the age of doing documentaries and the internet and people writing books, you hear about so much that the, the these guys were doing behind the scenes and it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, you're sitting there and you're kind of like, well, I, like Hulk Hogan. And, and I'm not saying Hulk Hogan got into that much trouble, but he did have like a, a wild side I guess behind and I'm thinking like wait that that's the say your prayers and eat your vitamins and you know say you know all that he wasn't doing that stuff was he he was and he was yeah and like
2: I know <laughs> yeah um yeah the whole Hulk Hogan stuff like I mean I mean as you get older and you look at your heroes you realize <laughs> like yes they are humans, right? And they, you know, but I have to say, the video, the sex video of Hulk Hogan—I've
1: never watched. I don't know why
2: I clicked on it, <laughs> but I did. Okay, and I will never look at Hulk Hogan or a thermos the same way. again.
1: <laughs> oh, I know I'm gonna regret asking this, but why is there a reference to a thermos
2: you don't want to know
1: i don't okay
2: <laughs> no don't ever click on that video if you've never if you never watched like you know the whole thing that went down right? i
1: i and, know like, what happened i know what happened yeah but I, I
2: think that he was you know he was fooling around with the guy's wife and i think the husband maybe put a camera there to like catch him in the act and then then it went. You know, he put that, it went viral, like it, the video was it's probably down now. I imagine, you know, his legal team had oh, yeah. that video, you know, it's fun, but, you know, things live forever on the internet. And I don't know why, but in the Hublub, I was like, oh, it can't be that bad, and clicked on it, and I was like, oh, God, it's that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: But, but, yeah, uh, yeah. Even, even that, yeah, like, I'm reading this, like, no, that's Hulk Hogan. Even... Yeah. Hulk, Hulk yeah. Hogan. Yeah, when... and
2: if you watch the video, you're like, no, <laughs> it's Hulk Hogan.
1: But even when Hulk Hogan turned, like, bad guy, I was 18, 19 years old. And when he turned yes. into a bad guy, that I that is the last moment, probably, that I went, like, no, like... No, not Hulk Hogan, or, like, actually shocked me. And, like, of course, even at or at 1819, I know, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, it's all part of the show. But when he turned into a bad guy, I'm standing there like, no, no, that's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's yeah, not a bad guy. We hold our heroes, our childhood heroes, even
2: though we know when like, some grown-up level that you know that well his storyline has to change it's been decades now right yes you know and and that's good storytelling to have you know like it's it's good storytelling yeah. but yeah the eight-year-old in you is like no if hulk hogan can be turned anyone can be turned <laughs> the world isn't fair uh-huh
1: but on the flip yeah. side, again being involved with wrestling, I have the opportunity. I meet all the people who were bad guys. Like when I first met King Kong Bundy, I King Kong Bundy, I was scared to death of him because he cracked, you know, uh, Hulk Hogan's ribs, sent him to the hospital, you know, almost killed him to me anyway. And yeah. and then like 23 or 24 year old you know, Matt Terry is doing a show, and King Kong Bundy's over there. I remember looking at him and just going, "Like, oh my God, that's King Kong Bundy!" But I'm looking at him, and he's sitting there laughing, and having a great time. And I'm thinking, he's actually a nice guy. Like, I, I felt guilty for for hating him. <laughs> like, I uh, oh man, I should have given him the benefit of the doubt. Like, <laughs> he was just doing what he had to do.
2: <laughs> Messing with our emotions. Yes. All right.
1: But it, it, it's, it's because, like, you you don't – because there was no backstage story about King Kong Bundy where he's actually a nice guy and everything. You know, the yeah. first time I see him and I'm just like I, – I I genuinely, I felt guilty. Like, oh, why did I hate him?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but you hated him with, like, like, a passion when you're a little kid. Like, it was a lot like, you know, like, I didn't – like my uh, my best friend is uh, is originally from England. Okay. And so at Christmas uh, one year she's like, "Oh, we need to go to the Christmas pantomime," right? And I didn't know what the heck that was, right? But it's basically little kids theater, right? Yes. And you're encouraged to like cheer the good guy and like boo the bad guy. Like you're in it's kind of theater that you're encouraged to like yell. Okay. Right? And uh, and I was like, this is wrestling. This is like, this is totally wrestling. Yeah. Where it's like there's a clear good guy, a clear bad guy, and there's a show and there's a story that led up to why the bad guy doesn't like the good guy and why the good guy is going to fight the bad guy. And and we're all like, yeah. When the good guy comes in, we're all like, yeah. And when the bad guy, like, I'm like, holy Holy crap, like wrestling came directly from like pantomime theater, the show part of it. Like, you know, it's like, it's like, wow, like it's just so cool. But like, I look at a lot of those old guys now as like actors. Like, I know they were, you know, physically, you know, able to do things that most actors can't do. But, but as far as like the storylines go and stuff, it's like, they were like, Really like you know it like comes from like like there's a definite like You know there's a definite line that you can draw from like pantomime theater straight into Straight into like wrestling of the 80s like for sure. <laughs> yes Like it's uh, it's incredible I I, and
1: have... I don't know if... Go ahead. What, oh, no you go ahead finish off
2: I don't know if trevor brought this up. Uh, k trevor yep. or not when you were talking to him but uh i've also noticed that um the touring schedule of wrestlers is incredibly similar to the touring schedules of stand-up comedians
1: um i, I don't think i talked to to, to trevor about that but I, I could see that for sure yeah
2: it's incredible i' like you know especially like with the like the smaller you know like because it's weird now it's almost like we're coming full circle it's like you know, uh, uh, wrestling came out of these small regional, you know, wrestling, you know, groups. And then, then it sort of, you know, McMahon kind of turned it into a giant, you know, industry under one, you know, big umbrella.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: now it seems like, you know, the popularity of wrestling, or at least from what I'm seeing on my end of the country anyway, is going back into these like small kind of regional you know, groups that have, like, that have, but have like, because of social media and stuff, have, like, way more connections internationally, right? Yes. But I look at their schedules, and I'm like, oh, wow, they are pretty much going to the same venues. <laughs> and, like, you know, like, like the, uh, the touring schedule of a stand-up comedian could easily be compared to, like, like, you, you could very well be like, oh, look, there's a stand-up comedian in that venue that weekend. And then the next weekend, they're having wrestling. Yes. Like, I, I, that's just something for you, like, as a fan mm-hmm. to maybe keep an eye on and be like, oh, yeah, Nicky Tane was right. Like, they really do have, like, very similar touring schedules. And it's
1: actually, crazy. I find a lot of, or actually, like, the, the wrestlers that I, well, actually, I shouldn't even say just the wrestlers I'm involved with. I find a lot of wrestlers are trying their hands at a stand-up comedy. Um, mm-hmm. I can't think of who kind of started it, but someone said because you're you're as a stand-up comedian, I I would assume you can correct me if I'm wrong. You're you're up in front of the crowd and you're trying to garner a reaction. You're trying to get the reaction mm-hmm. you want, and you're trying to take yeah. them along on the tapestry that you're making. Mm -hmm. And I don't know who started it, but someone said uh, like a wrestler getting in front is the, it's kind of the same thing as when they're kind of cutting their promos and stuff. You're trying to garner a reaction. You're trying to, you know, read the crowd, see what's working, see what's not. And I find a lot of the, a lot of wrestlers that I know. And plus some that I've seen like on the bigger stage, they're trying that they're trying uh, stand up comedy to try to more or less practice. Um, now, is, is that, is that a, I don't I don't I don't want to say is that a good thing or a bad thing, but I know sometimes comedians are a little protective. Are like, are you protective that a wrestler thinks they can just walk in and do that?
2: No, I think that's fair. I think it's a fair, I think there's a lot of, um, I think there's a lot of overlap between uh, what a stand-up comedian does and what a wrestler does you know, at least performance wise, not, you know, like, trust me, I ain't flipping over anything, I ain't holding anybody down. I am I'm a cuddler. I'll cuddle <laughs> somebody. I'll cuddle someone if they want that, but that's about as physical as I'm ever gonna get. But uh but the, the you know, but there is like there's such an element in theater in um in uh in wrestling and, and in stand up comedy, like We are kind of, you know, the two are kind of modern-day gladiator-ish, you know, where, you know, you kind of, we both have to kind of come up and, yes, elicit a response, elicit it fast, get the audience on our side or not on our side, whatever, you know, I mean, you know, again, that's eliciting the response that you want. And you have to get it fast and keep them... You know, and keep them there with you for the duration of of, of your performance, right? Yes. So, no, I don't, A, I don't think, I'm not for protectionist of it at all. Anybody that wants to try their hand at stand-up comedy should definitely. because I could absolutely see how stand-up comedy and performance could totally help an up-and-coming wrestler. Like, absolutely, in the in the performance side of what it is that they do. I think they should be doing more clown. I think they should be doing like, like I think they should be doing like, like real, you know, like, cause the guys that I remember that stand out to me the most are the ones that almost, whether they meant to or not, We're coming across as people that were classically trained in things like clowns and movement and commedia dell'arte and all this crazy stuff that doesn't sound like it has anything to do with wrestling. But if you know about that stuff and then you're watching what a really good and entertaining wrestler does, you're like, oh, man, they must know something about those things or it just comes so naturally to them, because, you know, there's totally, I absolutely see the overlap in in, in both those worlds, because I would recommend the same things to an up-and-coming stand-up comedian. I'm like, I would be like, look into, like, you know, different, you know, classical acting training, because you can bring that to your, you can absolutely bring that to your stand-up, and I would say that to a young up-and-coming wrestler as well, <laughs> you know so no i yeah i'm not protectionist i mean anybody don't want to give her hand it you know anybody wants you to get behind the mic and try it do it um yeah so uh yeah i i i totally got that's, that's what i enjoy seeing when i when i watch wrestling i enjoy seeing the the theater aspect of it like it's, it's pretty darn cool
1: so you're you're in the maritimes now correct
2: I'm in the Maritimes now, and there is a super cool uh, group of girls, like young women. I shouldn't call them girls. They're young women. Anybody younger than me, I'm like, you're a girl. Um,
1: <laughs> I know. I'm getting into that now, too, and it's just like, oh, you know, the young guy, and I'm thinking, like, man, he's, like, 30, and I'm like, fuck. <laughs>
2: yeah, they're, they're grown women, but they're, but they're younger than me, yeah. right? Uh, they're doing a thing, uh, like, I think it, again, I... I don't know enough to fully understand, but it seems like it's these smaller groups of, uh, and I could be like the lady that runs it could very well, you know, hear this and write to you and be like, no, she's full of crap. Um, but it seems to me as if they're smaller kind of regional groups, but they're all kind of connected under like a bigger umbrella okay so um there's this here in Moncton, we have a thing called innovative hybrid wrestling okay and uh i don't have you heard of them
1: uh i hear about so many but i the the name does sound familiar
2: right and um so there's like there's tons of stuff happening here in Moncton is like a I don't live in Moncton. I live out in the boonies, like I don't, you know. I'm I'm out in like a little fishing village outside of Moncton. Okay. But uh, but Moncton would be my biggest, you know. That would be the that's where I go to the airport, right? Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's where I catch the plane.
2: That's where I catch the playing. That's where the hospital is. That's where I touched stuff, you know. All the shitty stuff is over there. That would be my closest place is Okay. And uh, they have some really cool female wrestlers. Like, you know, like uh, and July 19th, uh, they're having like a, 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 a big crazy tournament of, uh, of, of like eight of these ladies. And uh I bumped into them at the airport and they were on their way to Los Angeles to do uh to do this huge uh tournament down there. And uh and so now at July Ike they've got like uh it's like a, a it's the, the uh the Queens of Maritime Wrestling <laughs> at the Moncton Lions Club. And uh but then they've got like other stuff going on too. Like, you know, at the end of May they've got like you know, male wrestlers, because um, we always say female wrestlers and you know, and wrestlers, but they have male wrestlers on uh, in at the end of this month
1: too. Okay, I'm looking at the poster here, crowning the queen of maritime wrestling, and yes. I I see Jody Threat, um, who I I know very well, uh, beautiful Bia, who I know very well. Uh, but Casey Spinelli, who I know very well, um, but yeah, these I this looks like an amazing show.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm totally going. I'm gonna get some tickets and go.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. It's
2: only 15 bucks. Yeah, like that is good entertainment money.
1: I, I'm gonna tell you, um, and I don't know if you'll remember or not. I'm gonna tell you the the two that I said first: Jody Threat and Beautiful Bea. Jody Threat. Uh, I don't think she's been in wrestling for very long, but there she's one of those people that like as a ring announcer, I I still kind of stand off to the side and I kind of watch what's going on. So many times, Jody, I will see her and she set up a chair or something off to the side and she's sitting there and she's studying and she's analyzing and she is such a student of wrestling. So I'm glad that she's getting uh, out to the Maritimes. Uh, beautiful Bia, um, uh, such uh, always having fun, almost to a fault, and I say that in a good way, because I've seen her as as a bad bad guy, bad per a heel, but yeah. she she enjoys wrestling so much that she's always smiling, and it's not a maniacal like ha 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 I'm going to get you smile. I've seen her jump off the top rope to the outside on top of a bunch of people as a bad guy or as a heel and get up and just she has this look on her face like, oh, my God, I'm I'm wrestling. Oh, my God, this is so amazing. Like the crowd just pops to the point where a lot of people have turned her into like a face like, to, you know, she's just she can't she can't sit there and be mean. She just and. You know, I... I, I she's the so... likable gu- bad guy. No, not even that. It's just... No? She she, she doesn't solicit the response as a bad guy that she's supposed to. Because you can just <laughs> tell. You can tell <laughs> she's having so much fun, but it's not maniacal fun. It's not jumping off and hurting someone and going, ha, 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 look what I did. She's jumping, and then she's like looking at people like, oh my God, isn't this so cool? Like... <laughs> And it's it's yeah, and she's and you know she's great with kids, and she's just she never worked as a bad guy, so you know Jody Threat and beautiful Bia. When when you go to the show, definitely uh, watch out for those two, or to you know keep all an right, eye on those for two. For sure, for yes. sure. So
2: that's so funny. That, yeah, that, and they're they're all yeah they're young ladies like you oh, yeah. know, but I guess it's a young person's game really like.
1: <laughs> uh, it is. Yeah. Especially like the they're, they're kind of getting into this revolution of uh, women's wrestling now, uh, which is amazing. And so that's uh, like shows like this, all women's are popping up more and more. And because of this revolution, a lot of girls are like, hey, I can do this, too. Um, it's not like because there's always been women's wrestling, but it was kind of, you know, off to the side. And sometimes it was just right. it was just a bikini contest or something something right. that's not too endearing to young ladies. But lately, the way that they've been um, showcasing wrestling, I think a lot of, of young girls are just like, wait a second, I can do this too. And I can be a wrestler. And uh, definitely Jody and uh, and Bia uh, are two people that are definitely uh, definitely making strides.
2: Yeah, their marketing is a lot more similar to roller derby now. It is. Like where you know where definitely I feel like looking at this, they're marketing this show to me. They're not marketing this show to a dude. Like you know, like like yes, your girls are pretty and, and you know and all of that, right? But yes. um, but I feel way more that that they're they're definitely marketing this more more to to me than like hey, look at these hot dudes, these hot girls wrestling in the you know in the ring. It's much more like you, you know like. Yeah, I feel like I'm being marketed, too. Yes. For
1: guys. Um, yeah. There's, like, definitely, like, I'm looking at the poster still, and, you know, you're looking at, like, oh, okay, these are all attractive women, and, you know, smartly, that's, that is going to draw, like, the male demographic.
0: For um, sure.
1: But there is still that element that I'm looking at one, two, three, there's at least four women on this poster that I, I wouldn't fuck with. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, no, they're they're strong, they're tough, they're yeah. athletic. Like, yeah, no, they, you know, they, you know, they, they look strong. They're, yes, they're, they are They're tough girls. They're, they're, yeah. they're
1: exactly. They're being promoted as strong women. They're not being promoted as, yeah. as, as tits and ass.
2: Exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I I want to thank you for uh, spending time with me, but I do want to tell you one story. I got to bring it back to King Kong Bundy. Um,
2: okay, we're back to, back to the 80s. all yes.
1: right? Uh, yes. Well, no, the time that I met him and I thought like, man, okay. he's actually a nice guy.
2: Right.
1: I have to tell you a story. Okay. Um, eventually, I made my way over and you kind of, you know, I was sitting there and listening to him and kind of getting involved with the conversation and stuff like that. And someone said that they had the King Kong Bundy doll when they were a kid. And I said, oh, yeah, I had that. And King Kong Bundy is sitting immediately to my left. And I look at the guy and I said, oh, yeah, I had that, too. I have a funny story about it. My grandfather had bought me the King Kong Bundy doll and gave it to me for Christmas. So I get the King Kong Bundy doll and I open it. And if you look at the LJN, that's a term that uh, that a lot of wrestling fans will understand. Um, the, The LJN doll, his face is very distorted. And it's very like his his mouth is curled and like his forehead is all crumpled up and and stuff like that. Well, after my grandfather left, I remember my mother saying, Matt, if you want me to find you a better one, then I will. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, and I'm telling this story with King Kong Bundy sitting right next to me. And she says, well, obviously something happened to this doll's face. And I, I, I'm telling this guy that I told my mom, oh, no, mom, he actually looks like that. <laughs> With King Kong Bundy sitting a foot at most to my left. And as soon as the words came out of my mouth, oh, no, mom, he actually looks like that. I remember thinking, Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: He's right beside he's me. He's right beside he?
1: me. He is a very large man or he was he, he has since passed. And I like look over at him and he's looking at me at the same time. He was like oh it was like a take from a movie. Both of our heads cuz one of the guys told me that it was like the tension just and all of a sudden he looked at me and I looked at him and for a second I thought like oh no. And then he just busted out laughing and I I remember inside just thinking oh thank God! <laughs>
2: thank God, he's
1: laughing. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, the look he gave me at first, I thought like, oh man, he's gonna have a problem with me, or he's just, oh. you know, think cause, And but yeah, and then he just busted out laughing, and I'd like, oh, thank God. Anyway, oh. Miss Payne, you're funny. I, I wanted to thank you so much. As I said, this is this is a huge pleasure.
2: Um, I hope I had something to say that was somewhat interesting to your audience. Because Um, when
1: I have uh, people that are outside of wrestling, um, when I have them on the podcast, this is the type of thing I want to do is, you know, talk about why you're a wrestling fan, how you became a wrestling fan and things like that. Um, In fact, I think I talk more about wrestling with people who are outside of wrestling or considered outside of wrestling (laughs) than I do with the wrestlers. Oh so boy. this was absolutely amazing. Uh, you know t- oh good. the the stories that you told. Um, so I, I want to thank you. And thank
2: you.
1: So Prince Isaac stole my last Timbit. I had one chocolate Timbit left, and Isaac stole it. Uh, so that was my interview with uh, Nikki Payne. I know it kind of ended abruptly there. There wasn't the normal like bye, thanks for chatting, and then the beep when people let go of my cell phone, or when I let people go with my cell phone. Um, I did cut it off there. Nikki Payne and I spoke for like another half hour, forty five minutes, about just general stuff, and maybe someday I'll publish the, the 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 general stuff. Although there was there was stuff, I think there was stuff that I heard, like I told her the the Rip Impact story and things like that. Um, but again, I I. So, so very thankful to Nikki Payne for being on the show. I am such a super fan of Nikki Payne, and uh, one of these days, I I will get out and I will see Nikki Payne one way or another. Uh, thanks again to everybody again for um, pushing on that play button. I appreciate. I sincerely do appreciate every single click that that play button gets. Um, I realized I forgot to uh, to do my upcoming events um, this month in the month of June. Actually, I guess you guys are listening to this on May 31st, or it's posting on May 31st. So not this month, I guess technically ne- tomorrow, starting tomorrow, um, actually not even starting tomorrow. Anyway, June 23rd, I'm going to be in Oshawa, Ontario. For Alpha One Wrestling's maximum effort, I have to read that because I keep uh, every time I, I think of it, I say maximum impact. It's not maximum impact; it's maximum effort for Alpha One Wrestling. That's June twenty third. That's going to be uh, two nineteen Olive Street in Oshawa, Ontario. Veda Scott is returning. Trey Miguel is returning. Ethan Page is going to be there. Going to be a great show. That's on June 23rd. June 30th, uh, I'm going to be back in Hamilton, Ontario, once again, for Alpha One Wrestling. Going to be uh, doing some ring announcing for Alpha One's Wrestling, The Other Side. That's at 222 Queenston Road. The return of Colt Cabana, the return of Hornswoggle, the return of TJ Perkins. Again, another great show. Alpha One Wrestling, always, always, always putting on a great show. And every week, I do my very best to put on a great, great show. And I hope you guys are enjoying it. And uh, I will see you all next Friday. And even though you stole my damn Timbit, Isaac, I love you. I love it, too.